You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Wildwoods of Vancouver Island, welcome to the Soda Pod. Isha Dromi here alongside the state of Hoppy, and thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening. How's it going, buddy? As you uh, take a sip of beer when I ask you the question. <laughs> great timing, That's great timing. Right. Perfect, perfect timing. <laughs> the chemistry is just rampant here It's today. getting there, it's getting there. <laughs> but uh, I'm good. Like I mentioned before we jumped on the recording, I'd label myself, give or take a seven today. You know, maybe we'll call it a 7.2. You know, Jim Rutherford put a little damper on my week the other day, but I just finished that slow draft with the Beer Traders League. Squad looks pretty competitive. I put myself in the maybe the top three of my conference, arguably, but I don't know if I'm number one. But uh, so, yeah, between the two, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. And, uh, a lot going on with hockey. There's been some pretty interesting games going on, and I know you're buzzing right now after last night. Oh man, I'm I'm buzzing because of the uh, yellow the yellow dog uh, squirrel chaser hazy pale ale. Shout out yellow dog brewing. This is an amazing beer, and I'm also buzzing because of the Vancouver Canucks huge win last night. Um, obviously, everyone who listens to the Soda Pod now uh, is probably impressed that I put my fandom, like Canucks fandom, on the shelf all season because I'm kind of a new man right now. I'm all jittery for Vancouver, where I'm, you know, has have been all in on the Minnesota Wild all season up to this point. Um, arguably, even within the Minnesota Wild and Canucks series, you know. I wasn't necessarily pulling for the wild. I tried to remain neutral, but I had a little bit more stake in that one with the wild because, you know, state of hoppy had our, and I had our beer bets going on there. But anyways, yeah, I'm pumped, man. Other than the second period where the Canucks looked like, well, they did in game one, uh, they, they valiant effort in the first and they put it away in the third, um, Vegas though, put up 40, just shy or just above 40 shots on net again. I mean, the Vancouver Canucks would not be here without Jacob Markstrom. You know, we can clamor over Pedersen's skill. We can, uh, we can swoon over the skating of Hughes and we can, uh, you know, be in awe of Horvat and Toffoli's effort. But at the end, Jacob Markstrom, he's the only reason the Vancouver Canucks are this far. Potential future Minnesota wild goaltender, okay, okay. Jacob Markstrom. Um, before we get into the show rundown and just, uh, just talk about, um, everything that we got going on here in episode 78 of the soda pod. Um, I just want to quickly address, you know, what, what's going on in the world as we speak right now. Um, obviously those who are sports fans, uh, aren't living under a rock and they know that, uh, that many of the players starting with the Milwaukee Bucks, um, have boycotted uh, NBA games today and uh, the rest of the players and teams playing games F- from what I know of right now are following suit. Um, this is in response to, uh, to Jacob Blake. Um, the, the, the recent, I guess, and it, it sucks to even say that, but the recent of, of many stories that continue to come out of the United States and, you know, and also uh, up here in Canada of, uh, of minority people being abused by police officers. Um, you know, I did my due diligence to did my kind of research on the story and the, and the and the man himself you know nobody in there in here was perfect but what what what's going on with you know with police brutality in the states it just has to stop um what what kind of 
jerk the tears with me is, you know, the man now is, is, is paralyzed from the waist down uh, for now. I mean, he has a long uh, road ahead of him if he wants to get back up on his feet. And, uh, and he has three, three sons, ages three, five, and eight, who are in the car at the time of him being shot by police officers. And that's what really, really hit me the most, especially someone who's I don't work closely in childcare in that that uh that that career base. Um, just reading the story about that really hit home to me. And um, I know that some of the MLB players have uh, have followed suit, and uh, and a lot of people right now are you know follow the National Hockey League are, are a little up in arms that uh that that the league's not doing their part in canceling games um as well. Um, we're not really going to comment here or there on the matter. This is a Minnesota and beer based hockey podcast a really small one anyways but you know matt dumba is someone who's you know been at the forefront of, of this initiative um and he just had a comment that i want to read here state of hoppy before i can you know quickly get your thoughts on the matter and then we can we can move on but um he said on sportsnet 650 actually a local vancouver radio station um that i hope guys can find it in them to stand up you can't keep coming to my minority players every time there's a situation like this the white players in our league need to have an answer for what they're seeing in society right now and where they stand i know there's a lot of them that are good people there's a lot of good people in hockey but the silence is as bad as the violence you know uh, you have to step out, really hear people's stories, have that empathy and understanding of where they're coming from and we're, and what we're doing and what we're doing right now. It's so much bigger than sports and hockey. That's what it comes back to. You're just relying on the minority guys to step up and say it. But what would really make the most impact is to have strong white leaders from teams step up and have their two cents heard. All the other white kids who grew up watching them who might be their biggest fans can look and say, wow, if he's seeing this and trying to stand and to listen, then why am I not as well? Why am I not continuing to hold on to this ignorance or hate that I feel towards a subject that I may, uh, maybe don't know anything about? So that was Matt Dumba's statement. I thought that that was, you know, it, it was a good summary of what what he's kind of doing, where he lands on the matter, and uh, and I can agree with with a lot of what what he's saying there. We're going to continue the show, um, regardless the state of Hoppy, but um, but it, we, I just kind of wanted to not push this aside because it, it is happening in real time right now, uh, with further news coming out on on uh, the the situation with the NBA in particular. Yeah, and the toughest thing for me, like, it's just going online and seeing all of the different comments and takes that everyone has and that it's just this isn't a shock to anyone listening to us or anyone out there right now but it's so far past a human rights issue now that it's really just something that everyone's trying to turn into a political issue and everyone's just blindly fighting and arguing for whichever side they're pushing for rather than just stepping back and realizing where the wrong is and what we need to do to try and bring everyone to equality, you know? So that, that, that's about as much as I want to say about it. Yeah. And we'll, we'll leave it at that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Ashley Langdon, um, first time viewer of the show, first time listener. How's it going? Thanks for tuning into the stream. Really appreciate it. Um, you know, go back and check some of the recent podcasts. We've had some awesome guests as well. Okay. We're a little bit behind time here. So, uh, so, you know, our first guest, we're, we're pushing him back five minutes. He's watching. He'll be fine with it. Uh, we're going to jump into the hoppy hour. We're going to, you know, dive into our beer poll question and, uh, state of hoppy will bring a little some, some for us as he always does in this segment. Then we're going to go to our first live guest of the show. Uh, Dev from the 10,000 takes network. Uh, the only wild fan in Carolina, if I'm, not mistaken um anyways we're gonna have a we're gonna just dive into minnesota wild talk with him because you know quite frankly 
we haven't talked a lot of Minnesota Wild in the last few episodes because we've had so many amazing guests. Uh, then we'll dive into the poll questions, some more NHL news and notes. Uh, towards the end of the show, we'll have Ken Stapon of TSN and, uh, and not another Leafs podcast, uh, one of the latest additions to the Hockey Podcast Network. We're going to talk a little bit about that Leafs-Pens trade and a little bit about the new podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. And then if we have time, shit, State of Hoppy, our first open segment. Usually, like, we go overtime here, so we still may go overtime depending on uh, how verbose Ken and Dev are. Let's be honest, how verbose and I us. get. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but if we have some final thoughts, then maybe we'll get some... Um, some, some listener questions, thoughts. Uh, we'll see where it takes us. Uh, as always, we have a text and voicemail open to all Minnesota fans um, in and beyond the state of hockey. Listen, it's simple. If you call us, we'll put you on the podcast. It's a great way to interact. So don't be shy. 612-324-1684 or get at us on Twitter at hockey. Pod net. We already had someone get at us on Twitter and at the soda pod. And uh, well, drunk Greg seems to be back on the paps and he's uh Bruins, what stuff? So whatever booze, wine, moonshine in a sink. I'm excited to hear about how that goes. Platt at the booze blog gave you some great tips last week, Greg. So if you're listening, you know where to find us. Uh, that segment's always brought to you by the open phone app to give you a business phone and an app. Uh, great monthly rates and only 10 bucks a month. So get on it. Uh, we'll shout out our sponsors later in the show, uh, State of Hoppy. Without further ado, let's get into the Hoppy Hour. First, I'd like to propose a toast to UMD goaltender Alex Stalock. To Stalock! To Stalock! I love that stuff. Been drinking it for years. You know, I, I heard they recently decided to add more hops to it. Well, you're all hopped out? Yeah, and we'll tease real quick. Uh, actually, just got back before we jumped on here from doing a little bit of market research for the brewery I'll be reviewing on Sunday for Monday's episode drop. Uh, today, I'm actually drinking... Uh, you know, Thursdays, I'm going to when it's appropriate i'm going to use that as the time to have non-minnesota beers since i'm not doing a full brewery review um going back to my trip out to the tetons this is actually one of my favorite beers from out there it's the two by four from melvin brewing Uh, i'll be honest again it's one of my favorites out there unless you're a big fan of you know double ipas pretty hoppy this is kind of an aggressive one as far as the hop forwardness of it but again right in that flavor palette that i like it's got the right hop combination where you get a little bit of that tropical flavor in there mixed with it and it's not you know that piney bitter type of ipa that apparently i'm the only one that's not a big fan of those on this podcast but um great beer brewery i went to today for the first time was actually a pretty great experience as well that I'll dive into a little bit more in depth here on Sunday. Uh, Isha, what are you having tonight? Well, I talked about it right off the hop. Uh, That pun is just never going to get old. Um, The yellow dog uh, squirrel chaser. Now yellow dog does, you know, play on words uh, like dog related with, with all their beers. They also have just such great marketing. It's such a simple matte color usually um, with another accent color that just works so well. This one's turquoise and yellow. Um, you know, the old uh, Seattle Supersonics col- colors from Port Moody, BC. It's a seasonal beer, which is a sh- damn shame because it's so, so good. Um, it reminds me a lot of their Hazy IPA, but their Hazy IPA is just a little bit bitter. Actually, State of Hoppy would really like it because it's got a little tropical flavor as well. It's a little sweet. Um, and that one's an aggressive like 7.8%, um, which like it's so easy going down that it actually uh, 
Kind of like the electric unicorn from Phillips Brewing. Those on the island will be familiar with that. It kind of just sneaks up on you, and it's, it's pretty aggressive in that sense. Whereas this one, you know, 5.2, uh, 25 IBU, uh, a great, great summer beer. And I'm, uh, I'm going to be sad when, uh, when it's out of season here. Yeah, well, and here's the can design for the 2 by 4 Isha. And for anyone that's viewing right now, and it's coming in at a strong Gretzky alcohol percentage here. We got a 9.9. Oh, damn. Yeah, well, you um, like that, that strong stuff. I, I'll admit, though, I'd, I'd rather, you know, I'm, I'm happy in that 8 to 9 range. Once it gets higher, like, I'm not going to turn away from it. But well, that's like not German necessarily 15, my sweet spot. Yeah, like you know? German. I've had German beers that are like... I don't even know what they're. I don't even know what they're called. They're like twice the size of a tall boy. They're like in Canada. They're almost like thirty bucks a pop. But the thing's like eighteen, twenty percent. I mean, the thing's almost like hard liquor. Yeah, that that sounds about right for Germany. Well, there was um, a there was a brewery in Calgary. God, I can't remember the name of it or just a pub. And it had um, it was it was it, it was famous for having more. Oh, what was it? a beer? F- from every almost every country i I think it was like more than 80 countries or something like that so like every country that's you know developed enough to to massively produce massively produce beer um but yeah so that's where i had it you know i went there and just went nuts and had the funkiest stuff i could find on the menu well very cool and i I suppose here in the hoppy hour we should probably tease the beer poll for the week that we're still waiting to get a little bit more intel on um but this is one that's, I mean, good for everyone to kind of dial back to whether it's five or 10 years ago, or if we have people that are still in college, whatever games you're playing today. You're talking college. I was playing half of these earlier this summer. What are you talking about? I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I, I will play them. It's just not very often that I play them. Especially but, during COVID times. You are the responsible right. one. I don't well, know, man. There was a lot of those virtual Zoom beer pong tournaments going on that's uh, so funny mike stud mike stud who for better or for worse that's one of the guys that uh a bunch of my friends and i when we were in college got pretty into the frat rapper mike stud who was an all-american baseball pitcher at duke got tommy john never came back and became a pretty popular frat rap guy and that's he started hilarious. this like celebrity beer pong tournament during covid uh i think he called it ball in a cup and oh, I got love people it. from Barstool, got different professional athletes. I know he's really, really tight with Marcus Stroman from Toronto because they were actually roommates and buddies at Duke. Hey, Marcus. But, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. He did play. Cool, yeah. Man. That's crazy. So it, it can be done, but yeah, it's, it's just not the same as playing in person. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and get more comments from others. But uh, Isha, I got to ask you, are you familiar with the game Chandeliers? I am not, and I'm, I'm excited to, to learn about it. I almost think that we should you know, throw this poll question to uh, our first that. guest momentarily here because I got, a, I got a quick story about, well, the game Moose that I know you don't know what, what it is, and I was explaining it to our guest over Twitter uh, earlier, and he was blown away about like the detail and just the craziness of, uh, of this game. I quickly want to run down, um, before we kind of hop over to that segment, run down the, the beer poll question this week, just some of the comments we're getting on Facebook Live. Uh, Ashley Langdon said he's, um, it's going amazing and that he will go and check out the podcast. So thanks, Ashley. Uh, Dylan Kayser joins the stream and says, a longtime listener, multiple-time caller, not a big deal. He also asked, 
asks the state of Hoppy, where can I buy uh, that picture behind you? That That's dope. And I believe Ooh, he's yes. referring to the Game of Thrones inspired NHL uh, flag. So as I queue up Devin here, Big Dev from the 10,000 Takes uh, podcast, how about you give the rundown on that? Absolutely. And Dylan, I'll send you the link directly, buddy. But anyone else, you can go to Etsy. And I'm pretty sure if you just type in NHL, Game of Thrones, something along those lines, it's going to pop up. But yeah, behind me, you have both the current teams, which of course, it's not including the Vegas Golden Knights or the Seattle Kraken, as they were recently named. But uh, it's got a different house sigil and banner for each team. And then the smaller one that you see over my other shoulder, that's actually the uh, old vintage teams that uh, they also commemorated. So Dylan, I'll hit you up with that when we're off the, off the recording, but everyone else at see, it's pretty easy to find NHL game of Thrones. It'll pop up. Hello, bonjour, hello, hey, hiya and previet hockey fans. Welcome to the Euro Puck podcast. The show where two blokes from Blighty talk about everything to do with European hockey as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. From the Russian KHL to the Swedish Hockey League, the Finnish Liga to the Swiss National League, the British Elite League to the Alps Hockey League, we talk about anything and everything European hockey. Catch our podcast every Friday from August the 28th, however you get your podcasts, and on the Europuck Podcast YouTube channel. The Europuck Podcast, giving you guys European hockey. Without further ado, we're going to jump to our first guest segment of the show. We got Mr. <coughs> Dev, Big Dev himself from the 10,000 Takes Network. Dev, okay, but before we you know, get you to give yourself a proper introduction and everything, um, are you the only Minnesota Wild fan in Carolina right now? Or, are you, or where are you residing? Well, what's your story there, sir? Yeah, I'm, uh, my, uh, my wife and I have lived in North Carolina for a couple of years now. So um, there's like seven of us. Nice. Um, yeah, we've all we've all kind of found each other, and we uh, we'll go to bars and watch the watch the games and whatnot. Uh, and then whenever the Wild play in in Raleigh, we'll all make the the trek over and watch for like thirty bucks. That's so great. Oh. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, <laughs> just to, to let everybody know, uh, Dev and I connected over Twitter. Um, I thought some of his tweets were hilarious, you know, kind of picking up on the fact that, well, hey, your profile picture is awesome. And I shared it uh, on the, the soda <laughs> pod. But, you know, just being, you know, a, you know, a rarity, you know, I mean, hockey, we joke about it outside the Carolina market. It's kind of a rarity to find hockey fans even within that market. To be a Minnesota fan also, it must be a little bit tough in, you know, in a, in a well, in a state that's, you know, so basketball and football crazy. But I'm excited to talk some wild with you, brother. And thanks for joining us here on the Soda Pod. I'll hand things over to the state of Hoppy because I always know that he likes to ask the first question. And I see that you already got a soda in hand as well. Oh, yeah. You just got to tell us right now, what are you drinking? 
Uh, this is a local brew. Uh, there's an uh, there's a good brewery in town called Sycamore, and uh, this is uh, this is probably my favorite from them. It's a, a juicy IPA called Mountain Candy. Ooh. Interested? Yeah, I mean uh, that sounds right up right up state of Hoppy's alley. Well, Devin, yeah, tell yes. me, like I, it sounds like uh, like Isha said already, like a couple years ago, not just finding a Minnesota Wild fan, but any hockey fan out there was pretty tough. And I know yeah. tickets are still pretty cheap, but it's clearly come a long way the last couple of years with how the team has performed and what they've done in the playoffs. Like, what is it like pre-COVID, I guess we'll say, going out to bars and actually seeing hockey fans out in North Carolina? Yeah, no, it's 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 honestly, it's super cool. Um, like, the big team, you know, going on a, bi- uh, going on a big run and uh, making it to the Eastern Conference Finals last year another really solid team this year that was really fun and with a bunch of young stars like Svechnikov and Ajo Hamilton, you know, they really endeared themselves to, to fans. Um, but honestly, the lesser known side of that is that the, their AHL team, the Charlotte checkers on the other side of the state uh, won the Calder cup last year. And I, I mean, I went to a ton of the games, including the uh, the longest AHL game ever, which was a six overtime thriller uh, against the uh, Lehigh Valley Phantom. Which was on the poll question, by the way, last <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Everyone who like doesn't know anything about hockey history, but continue, Devin. Inside, <laughs> yeah, I was at that game. It was like a it was on like a Wednesday or a Thursday, and uh, I remember like they. They stop serving beer during the second intermission, and then it goes to OT, then it goes to double OT, then it goes to triple OT. And so um, my, my wife used to get off work at, um, at like midnight or so. So I was like, oh, I'll just go to this, and then I'll get home around the time that she does. And like, you know, we can talk about her days and whatever, because like normally I just would be asleep by the time she gets home. And so the second or third overtime is just starting, and she gets home. She's like, where the hell are you? <laughs> I was like, oh, you remember that game that started like four hours ago? Yeah. <laughs> um, so then, you know, then and now everybody's sobered up too because a little little lesser known fact about that game is it was uh, college night. So if you basically didn't have kids with you, it was $1 draft beers. Oh, so, my God. Yeah, so everybody was tanked. And then by the end of it, everybody was completely sobered up and you're just watching – I'm not going to say it was, I mean, it wasn't the best hockey by any means, but you get to the, uh, you get to the, the end of the game and the, the losing goalie has put up like a hundred something saves and you just kind of feel bad for everybody. And then it finally cracks and the game's over and everybody just kind of lets out this little sigh. There's like maybe 70 people left and we're just kind of like, all right, now what? <laughs> yeah. It happened in the, my local WHL team a few years ago, actually Carter Hart now, you know, budding superstar mm-hmm. for the Philadelphia Flyers. He was the goalie for the Everett Silvertips of the WHL and him and the Victoria Royals, you know, took it to, I believe it was six overtimes and uh, they ran out of food in the arena. They ran out of a beer yeah. and uh, the goalie, uh, I believe his name, his first name was Colton. His last name was infamously outhouse, which was awesome. Oh, no. <laughs> um, he went on local radio that uh, later that day or the, a couple of days after and said that like, he literally lost like almost 20 pounds in that game. Just like, Holy could shit. not stop sweating. He's like, I probably drank like five liters of Gatorade, just keeping those electrolytes going. That everyone ate probably like a whole pizza to themselves, like in between periods. Like it was just, it, it was oh, nothing. Sure. It was history in the making. It was the longest CHL game uh, 
ever. And I believe the AHL game you saw was the longest AHL game in history. So that's pretty cool, man. Um, yeah. So we, right before bringing you on here, we actually uh, took, put a pause on our uh, reading our beer poll question. We do a beer poll question and a hockey uh, pucks poll question of the week. Uh, we're going to put the beer question to you because you and I were talking a little bit on uh, 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 Twitter prior to bringing you on here and we were getting right into this topic. So our weekly yeah. beer-based poll question, we'll pose it to you first, sir, is what is your favorite beer-based drinking game? Is it, uh, we posed to, to Twitter, beer pong, yeah. flip cup, quarters, beer darts, but we also uh, take suggestions. So what say you, sir? Um, well, of the options listed, I'm probably the best at flip cups, so I'll say that. Nice, nice. But, uh, uh, so last Thanksgiving, I was introduced to a new game that apparently all the college kids are playing uh, called Beer Dice, and it works best inside. Uh, we tried it outside with mixed results, but it's uh, <laughs> it's kind of like a it's kind of like beer pong in a way, um, except for you take like a little like six sided dice. Or really, it doesn't have to be a, necessarily a dice, but just anything oblong shape that'll bounce in weird directions. And it's you you play two v two, and you put your uh, each person's drink in front of like like on like the corner of the table, and one person will throw the dice, and if they hit the cup, that person whoever's cup they hit has to drink until partner okay. finds the dice and put ah. it on the table. Nice. I played this with a ping pong ball before with uh, yeah, beer cans. Me we, too. we call it either either drunk ball or beer ball or sniper. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, beer ball. But the the dice is the game changer because a hundred percent. What kind of cups everywhere. are you using though, Devin? Because I feel like with a dice, I could do some damage to a plastic <laughs> cup. <laughs> so yeah, you have to be a little bit resistant because yeah you don't want to be like ripping shitties and all of a sudden you just like tear a hole through a solo cup um, <laughs> but but if you like aim it just right or you like bounce it kind of awkwardly it will go soaring and it'll take the other person like 45 seconds to find the cup or find the dice and put it put it back in the cup Dude, that's awesome. I think all of us actually have a drinking game, like a kind of off-the-wall one to, to present. Hoppy, what was the one that you were, you were telling me about? Oh, man. Well, so, Devin, I don't know if you would know this, being from Minnesota. Have you ever played Chandeliers? Oh, yeah. I love Chandeliers. Oh, Chandeliers is my favorite. So, Joey Netto, who uh, will very in very quick order be the most recurring guest on this podcast, but <laughs> it's basically, Isha, a game of quarters. You have a solo cup per each person that is playing. So let's just say there's five of us. You get five solo cups and one in the middle that's filled with sometimes you make it mean and you mix a bunch of weird stuff and punish the person that's going to lose. <laughs> and everyone else has just, you know, just like you would do for anything like flip cup or whatever, just a little bit to drink. And you play quarters. And if you hit a cup, that person drinks it and you keep shooting until you don't hit one, even if you hit your own. And so Joey being the asshole he is, if anyone hits his cup, he turns around and like, he's amazing at quarters and he'll hit them like seven times in a row, get them to do a bunch of drinking and then he'll throw it for the middle cup while they're not ready and they're refilling their beer. And then they get fucked with that <laughs> cup too. Because he's getting the quarters, cup, eh? everyone, everyone drinks and does flip cup and the last one to get it has to chug that middle cup. Damn. That's a fantastic strategy. That sounds like so much fun. I gotta. Well, this is this is a guy, Isha Joey. He literally puts it on his nose and it rolls off and hits the table and bounces into a cup. Like he's that. So he's good. just playing okay. bully ball, really. Hey, right. hey, he's an hey, asshole, I, but but he's our asshole. I'll I'll yeah, believe yeah. that when I fucking see it. And and B Joey, I challenge you, my friend, because uh, though I'm a little rusty, I'll get I'll get my 
I'll get practicing here at the new uh, THPN uh, office. Not a big deal. Big enough table to practice quarters. I'll, I'll tell you that much. But um, uh, so the game that actually that I was that I was introduced to, and it's honestly like if you're going college style, this is the game to play. I'm actually just bringing up the the, <laughs> the message I sent to Dev here because it's just yeah. probably better to read it verbatim because it was so detailed. But basically, the game that I comment on was Moose, and this is from Lethbridge, Alberta, created by uh, students at the University of Lethbridge, and it even has a slogan from Lethbridge with love a lot of love coming out of this game. So basically it's a quarter base game as well. And you have an ice tray with a cup at the end full of uh, like a shit mix, depending on how many people you're playing with, they all poured their beer or whatever they're drinking into the cup. And uh, you have a line on the table and basically you play quarters. And if you get into the right side of the ice tray, it's give a drink, either one, two, three, four, you know, all the way to the, the last two holes on the left side. It's, it's what I say. Right is give left is take. Um, so it's like riding the bus, but with quarters instead of cards, just wait. So once you get to the last two holes, doesn't matter if it's right or left. If you get in, into there, the last person who's playing the game to say moose has to drink the ship mix and if you get the quarter ultimately in the ship mix then you get to give the ship mix away so there's a lot of layers to this game but it constantly moves so if you miss the next person the table goes and you just kind of go around and around and that's the thing like you can get real mean with this game too right if you start just giving away drinks you know um and you can if you get a little too cocky and you have to start having to take them especially if it bounces uh out of the the well, the moose hole, as I like to call it. We like to play moose with the moose head logger as well. You know, shout out moose head. I usually don't give free ads. We'd love for you to sponsor the soda pod. They're so rich. I know they can. They own a freaking QMJHL team. So there you go. Dude, you know what we need to do is we need to get Marcus Foligno in on this. Yes. Oh, yes. I love it. We get it. Marcus Foligno. We get some moose head. And we do. Yeah, let's just do the three of us and, and, and moose himself. And, uh. I am up for this, and I will be on whatever team I need to be on. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, look at us go. We've talked, uh, we've talked beer for like the first 10 minutes of the segment. Let's talk a little bit of Minnesota Wild. Folks, if you want to get in on that poll question, at the soda pod. Uh, we picked a few topics here, Dev. I know we could – we'll bring you on for like an extended – full uh, guest segment down the road where we can just dive into to everything. Let's say closer to the draft because then we can get everything draft related. I know you're all about that stuff. Well, but for sure. Even before we jump into Minnesota Wild stuff, What's one, up? one other hockey question real quick. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I got to know, Devin, because have you gone yeah. to at least a handful of Checkers games or did you just happen to go to the one that was – No, I've, I've probably been to uh, 10. Okay. I mean – I'm just always curious to hear because I've never been in a market where I had minor league hockey. Anyone that popped off and you're like, holy shit, this guy might be something. And then turns out either they were or turns out they were a complete bust. Either way, you want to take it. Okay, so you got to watch him a bit. Oh, how yeah. was knee cash actually? Well, what was that like, man? As well? What was uh, Neches or Nechas or Nacho? I just, I've been calling him Nacho because <laughs> the. Uh, Nacho. All the Charlotte fans have just been getting rip and drunk and they can't fully pronounce it. So they just yell, Nacho! Nacho! I like it. <laughs> um, so he's sick. He, uh, I think, I don't know if he'll be like a, like an elite one C for any, for anybody, but he 
he'll be a solid top six or like an insane middle six guy on like a deep team. Okay. Well, he's exactly what they need then down the middle. Cause like Craig button of TSN, like just loves this kid. And I got robbed of seeing him play for the Czech Republic um, during the world juniors. I actually went and saw it when it came to Vancouver, just cause he literally got like 15 minutes in penalties. And I was just like, God damn it, dude, you're in the box damn. the whole game. So I didn't get to see him, you know, on the world stage yeah. much, but I heard he just ripped it up in Charlotte and he looks pretty good for Carolina. Yeah, no, he, I, he only got a couple of games in for Carolina. Um, but I think the plan is for them to, uh, you know, have him up there a lot more this, uh, whenever this next season starts, which, uh, I think is definitely, um, he, he reminds me if you guys watched a lot of, uh, Nico Sturm when he was playing, you know, he only played like four games for us. He's like, he has a similar, like, um, He's definitely not like they definitely don't have any like physical similarities. I think Sturm is like way bigger than him, but um, his like just tenacity on the puck is something that really stood out to me. Um, he's just like not to shit on Sturm by any means because I think he'll be pretty good too. But he's like that has that same tenacity, but with like twice as much skill. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of, that's a good comparison actually. And not to hijack Hoppy's question here entirely, but uh, yeah, uh, speak on Aho a little bit and just like how, how much he just was a step above, I guess, everyone at that level. Oh yeah. He, he was a man amongst boys in the, the game. Even though he was the boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a weird thing to say when he was like, yeah, he was like 19 or something. All right. Well, I guess the AHL. And he the, looked like he was 12. <laughs> yeah. The 21 minimum, but yeah, Aho definitely, he looks like a, infinite an infant child um but yeah no he he was uh he was he was very impressive um there's a possibility i was like looking back at the game logs not too long ago and there's a possibility that one of the games i went to Svechnikov was on the team but um i didn't know he played it all down there i well that he was technically rostered for a game but i don't remember seeing him so I, it's entirely possible that he was rostered and didn't play, but I didn't look that deep into the box scores to, to see for sure. Man, uh, he's, he's a hell of a talent too, man. Holy. Yeah, Savech is – he's something else, man. I think – so, like, obviously everybody remembers the, the bunch of jerks comments um, from uh, – was that Millbury too? I'm trying to remember who that was. Oh, that was Cherry. Yeah, that was Cherry. Oh, yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good old Don. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so whenever the bunch of jerks things happened, like all of the, all of the like kind of whatever fans in the market like really took offense and started to rally around that. Um, and like kudos to the uh, Kane's marketing team because they were like, "Oh, we've been handed a golden opportunity." Thanks, Don Cherry, and they marketed the shit out of it. And uh, they even made beer out of it, didn't they? With the, oh yeah, they the slogan beer. on there and everything. Yeah, people make beer out of everything. No, but that, what I'm saying, like, give us an opportunity to do it, and we'll do it, baby. <laughs> yeah, no, like they, it was great too, because uh, that five overtime game that pushed their first game against the Bruins back. Um, the, even like you know now, two years later, they're still tweeting off about that. They were like, "We got playoff hockey starting at 11 a.m." Hashtag brunch of jerks, and then it was <laughs> overtime hockey. At, it's, it's, you know, one thirty in the afternoon, hashtag lunch of jerks. And like, they just kind of kept going off of that. I don't remember the other ones, but um, yeah, they've, they've done a tremendous job with that. And it's been crazy. Like, so the very 
first year that we were here, the was the year that the Wild played them, like the second or third game of the year. And uh, the Wild were down like – it was like 5-3 or 4-2. We had a two-goal uh, – we had a two-goal deficit, the Wild did. And we wound up tying it with like .8 seconds left. And they wound up winning in a shootout, which was a bummer. But, you know, whatever. We got the pity point. And um, I just remember that because we were like my, – my wife had never been to an NHL game before. And uh, I bought – two tickets right off the glass right behind the right behind the net for like they're like fifth row tickets and i think i paid 90 bucks total oh my god dude you can't even get like uh the, the worst seat at rogers arena for the vancouver yeah. canucks for 80 bucks it's like it's that's, no, that's unheard of. Like, yeah even just going to the x like i'd get nosebleeds i'd be lucky if i got one for 90 bucks um so like that was crazy to me and then uh not you know then this year uh this past year we played them much later in the season or i guess it was last year um but yeah we played them much much later in the season and it was like during their like big time run and we were kind of a pathetic uh excuse for that that team but i went because uh nino was my favorite player and i bought his jersey i finally pulled the trigger on buying his jersey like three days before he got traded oh, that sucks man i hate that so i showed up uh i showed up to Ra- the uh pnc arena in raleigh with my wild nino jersey and i bought the same tickets that i had bought before the year before but they were like 190 this time um which like still not bad at all so i was like okay cool but we wound up uh my my buddy happened to be his birthday so i took him instead of my wife and uh we wound up, uh, these two Swiss dudes saw me with a Nino jersey and they both had Kane's Nino jerseys. And they were like, yeah, man, we come for, we come uh, to America like four to six times a year. And we, we, we love NASCAR and NHL hockey. And so we, <laughs> they're like, we, yes. we, pick a, we pick a race that we go to and um, we pick a weekend where there's a NHL team that has a couple of Swiss guys playing. That's we, awesome. That's, that's so, so cool, cool, man. So yeah, we just like tailgated with them in the parking lot. <laughs> for, like, Fuck yeah. They're telling us all these like crazy stories about like how uh, they like crashed it. Uh, they went to like the Indy 500 and then drove over to uh, see a Columbus game and um, they went to a Thrashers game uh, with the, I guess there's I'm not a huge NASCAR guy, so but I think there's an Atlanta Motor Speedway or something like that near there. So, like, they've been doing this for, like, 15, 20 years, and they go, like, three or four times a year. I was like, that's the coolest. I, I, I aspire to reach that level of cool in my life. Man, and people say, you know, you know, European fans of the sport of hockey aren't like North American fans. Man, that proves that some of them are even crazier than us. I love yeah. that. That's awesome. See, this is why we got to get you on for an extended segment so we can just go off about these type of stories with no like time constraint. And we will do that soon, I promise. I do want to sure. get to some of these wild topics. Uh, we got about like eight more minutes left in this segment. Uh, I told our next guest to just like, hey, we're pushing you back five minutes. And he said, it's fine, <laughs> it's fine. Um, so let's talk, a little bit about the, let's talk a little bit about the Minnesota Wild uh, well, draft plans coming up. 
up. Uh, what are your early draft thoughts? I know this is something that you wanted to, to talk about. So I'm guessing that you have maybe your eyes on a, a few players available with that ninth pick and maybe even into like the, the later rounds. I mean, so, so what are your thoughts right now in the Wilds position? And what do you think Billy Guerin's gonna, well, gonna do moving forward? Yeah, there, um, of course now the, my, my notes just crashed, so I can't remember the kid's name, but, um, Billy has been Billy G has been very adamant about needing to improve this team um, up the middle and between the pipes. So um, I would, he also, he also is, I think smart about it where he's not broadcasting. Like we're definitely taking a center. We're definitely taking a goalie or whatever with, uh, with number nine. Uh, I know that, um, there's uh, there's that one goalie uh, who supposedly is like the next like hockey Jesus. Um, <laughs> I'm he's his you know his measurables look awesome. He's huge. He's super athletic. Uh, I cannot think of his name to save my life. Askarov. Yeah, that's yeah. So you know a guy like him, I see that and I'm like, okay, like that would be cool. But at the same time, like I think that kind of. I think you only make that decision if you're very confident that Kakinen is not the goalie of the future, which I don't know if we're necessarily ready to make that call. Um, you know, up the middle, I, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if we try and package some sort of asset with uh, and, and, and try and get the, uh, the number two pick. Um, or I honestly, think, even the four and five, because in the, the yeah. draft rankings right now, if you can land a Cole Perfetti, uh, a Rossi, Rossi, you know, those, those are players that are going to be in like the top five, yeah. top five, top up to seven at the nine though. It's kind of a crapshoot. Cause you look at it and you're like, there's Dawson, there's Hall. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I got my notes pulled back up here. So the, um, there's a, of course, like the, the ninth ranked prospect that keeps getting mocked to us is a Finnish center. So this, uh, this kid, Anton Lundell, um, dude, and he's got skill. Someone who's sharing hearing some his... pretty good things, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I think it was I, Ken I, Robinson I, actually recently. He writes, uh, he writes for Dauber prospects. He was just going off about this kid recently. So I keep seeing him getting mocked to us and I watched a couple of highlight reels and he honestly, like, not just because he's finished, but like he really does remind me of like a prime Nico Koivu, which like I would not be upset with at all. Like if with your ninth pick, if you get a, a guy that can be a not an elite center, but a, a very, very, very sound two way center who who can be your one C, right? Who, who can, yeah, like he Koivu can be a one C? He can be a one C. Koivu is, you know, in any given year, he's probably. 10 points away from being a Selkie finalist in any given year. Like he's, he's so defensively sound, which, which is, is hilarious to say, I, I just got to throw that out there. Like you're not wrong at all, Devin, but the fact yeah. that he's 10 points away from being a Selkie finalist is just stupid. Right. Well, cause you know, in theory, the Selkie is the, the best, you know, like all around defensive guy, but like, that's never how it is. Who's no, 70 points plus. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Hey, like, it's like, Hey, like who's the guy that's putting up 70 or 80 that isn't a total like sieve defensively. How do we try and give Taves a trophy every year? Yeah, basically. Or Bergeron now. It seems like he keeps Bergeron at least deserves it man that guy's a freak yeah no Bergeron's incredible but um 
Yeah, um, I do. You mentioned that Marco Rossi kid. I think he's good, but I, I agree. I don't think he'll be he'll make it to nine. But to me, I I think I guess my like dream scenario, and I really don't know how realistic it is, but we know that the Kings have a pretty stout prospect uh, prospect pool. So it might not be super realistic, but if we package like nine in the Pittsburgh unprotected pick. Uh, and you know maybe like a a, a Donato or, or Greenway or Cunning pick pick one of them. yeah yeah one of the Geek Squad guys well hopefully not Je I, I do really like him. yeah I don't think I know I, I think there's value I don't think they're moving him but no I I get that for sure but yeah one of those one of those type of guys that's NHL ready that is gonna struggle finding you know consistent time in the lineup. You know, something I think like- they're more likely to ask for, say, this year's ninth plus a boldy. Like they want, yeah. they don't, they don't want someone that's ready right now because they're not ready right now. Hey, fair They've enough. got a pipeline yeah. of stud centers. If they're gonna make a move like that and give up on a guy who, let's be real, we're all talking about if the Wild had won the lottery, they're considering Byfield instead of Lafreniere because yeah. of, like the potential he has there. If you're gonna move on from something like that you want something noteworthy. So it's going to be the nine. It's going to be a prospect on the wing like Boldy and yeah. probably another little sweetener that's thrown in there. Hey, I'm okay with I, that. I'm okay with I, that. I will I say if, if Pittsburgh had, had just decided to not go all in next year and, and punt out on 15 for, it was basically 15 happening, which great trade for them. Um, you don't think so? I'm a Penguins fan, man, and I was not thrilled. We're getting into I that. With a... our, we're getting into that with our next guest. But you did set us up to talk about the unprotected, you know, pick that the the Pittsburgh Penguins left the Minnesota Wild, deciding to well keep their own and then ship it to Toronto. Um, I think how it's do you a think... stupid. I think it's a stupid move long term. But I think so as well. But how does this affect the Wild? Pe- Penguins don't give a shit long term. No, no, that's what I'm saying. If you're convinced that you only got two or three years left of Sid and Malkin, then like that's the move. It for me, it's the matter that they shouldn't have had to give up a first and Hollander for the move that was made. It should have been one or the other. And the fact that they gave up both and took more off the books for Toronto, Toronto came out great there because guess what? They're going to turn around. At Isha, you're the one that's been pounding your chest on this one, but they're going to turn around and trade that pick immediately. Oh, they have to address defense. And we'll, we'll get into that with our next guest as well. Who's, you know, obviously works for TSN and is dialed into the Toronto market, but for the wild, do you think that, you know, this, do you think they really care at this point? Or do you think, you know, they, they believe. Oh, Hoppy, you're going to love this. Cause it's like just classic Minnesota sports luck. All right, let's go. Let's go. The wild get deferred a completely unprotected pick. And then like on the other side of the, on the other side of the, the river the t-wolves go ahead and win the freaking lottery so that completely cancels out uses up all of the sports luck that we all have for the next 30 years and uh and it was a waste too <laughs> yeah it's like the worst draft in like 10 years and we've, seriously well you don't but, want the uh, ball family following everybody around in minnesota <laughs> oh my god but <laughs> at least we'll that, have attention all of those things combined pretty much guarantees that the uh, the pens are going to win the cup next year because uh, the, you know, we finally, we get this unprotected pick and it's going to wind up being 31. I can almost guarantee you that at this point. And you know what, man, this isn't Penguins bias at all. I don't, I mean, I hope that your prediction's correct, but 
unless something goes catastrophically wrong with a bunch of injuries, the Penguins are not missing the playoffs. You are not getting a lottery pick with that. Nope. Like people try and bring up the Sharks, and it's like, well, you lost your best player to free agency. You had some key injuries. Like, you're not going to have that scenario again. So, you have no yeah. goalie. <laughs> right. If if everyone gets hurt in Pittsburgh, then yeah, I I stand wrong, and I still support Rutherford for the move because he. There's no way you can predict that, but yeah, injuries. You know, it'll it'll be interesting. You can't predict that. Oh man, Dev, this has been awesome. We got to run here soon, man. Of course. Um, but we really appreciate you taking time to talk to us. We will dive into more Minnesota Wild topics, more draft topics, and I want to hear just more hockey stories from your experience, you know, living in Carolina, <laughs> being a Minnesota Wild fan. Uh, quickly before we uh, let you go here, uh, where can uh, where can everybody find you, and what what do you got coming up here on a uh, Ten Thousand Takes? Yeah. Um, so at the, uh, at the old take where, uh, we've got a lot of, uh, Vikings content and Wolves content, uh, in the works. Um, I'm sure when the, the, uh, actual draft happens, we'll, we'll get some, uh, wild stuff back up there too. Uh, but right now the, uh, the fun stuff to talk about are wild wolves, uh, wolves, uh, twins and, and Vikings just cause, uh, there's, there's stuff happening right now. Um, so uh, that's definitely up there. And you can find us uh, on Twitter at uh, 10K Takes um, MN or on, uh, on the old interwebs at uh, 10k-takes.com. Uh, and you can find any of my stuff uh, on Twitter just at, at, at Minibama. So it's M-I-N-N-E like Minnesota and B-A-M-A uh, like Alabama where, uh, where I, went to, uh, I went to college in the state of Alabama. Uh, misnomer, not actual Bama. Fuck those guys. War Eagle. <laughs> I Ooh. love it. What a way to drop the mic at the end of this segment, Dev. We really appreciate you taking the time. And man, we're going to have you back on soon, I promise, because this was awesome. Cheers. My, my pleasure. Cheers, boys. I'm out of beer, so this is perfect timing. <laughs> All right, Thanks, we'll talk buddy. to you soon. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Again, that was uh, that was Big Dev of the Ten Thousand Takes uh, Network. We're gonna keep things just rolling here with hockey talk and bringing on uh, guest state of hoppy. We'll do our segment, which we we're originally gonna, you know, which we uh, teased that we we're gonna put in between. Uh, the guest segments. We'll do that, you know, our general NHL talk and run down our sponsors and stuff uh, at the end of the show. Before we bring on uh, Ken Stapon of TSN and another Leafs podcast, I want to quickly just run down some of the comments we have here on the live stream. Uh, Shane Van Ice joined us and he says, hey, yo, I'm listening while doing dishes. He also says, who's Carter Hart? I only know Kata Hart. So there you go, Shane. Uh, still waiting for a state of hoppies, Kata Hart. Uh, well, uh, demonstration there. Um, Corey Fleetwood, actually, uh, the Bayou Benders himself, host of the Habs Nightly, uh, simply says uh, Dano when talking about Selkie, uh, well, Selkie finalists. Someone, someone who doesn't know anything about Selkie finalists right now is our friend Kenneth Stapon of the, another Leafs podcast in TSN. 
just shooting, sh- shooting shots right off the bat. No, it's all, it's all good fun here. Ken, thanks for joining us here today on the Soda Pod, man. I know it was a little short notice earlier, but uh, we really wanted to just uh, talk a little bit about the trade that just went down with the Maple Leafs and Penguins, the state of hobby here being a, a Pens fan, but also to uh, properly introduce you and your new show uh, to the listeners of the Soda Pod, as we're really excited to have you here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, how's your evening going out on the East Coast? Man, good evening so far. Uh, obviously, a little bit of a damper with the stuff going on in the NBA. So I was working overdrive actually tonight at TSN 1050. The show wasn't as cavalier as the show was yesterday. They had uh, Harry Higgs on, actually, yeah, boy, state of hoppy. Jim Rutherford joined the show and gave us some insight from the Penguin side of that pick. So we can get into that in just a minute. But no complaints, man. It's another beautiful evening here in downtown Toronto and happy to be on with you guys. Yeah, we touched a little bit on kind of, you know, what's going on in both the, the political, social, and, and sports sphere of North America right on, right on the top of the show. I mean, we gave a little bit of our piece on it. We talked a little bit about what Matthew Dumba offered. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, we, we're, we're going to let it transpire before we see kind of the outcome of everything going on because it's, it's playing out in real time, you know, as you know and as we know with what went down with the NBA. Um, but, yeah, I'll hand it over to State of Hoppy here because like, I just saw you had a soda in your hand, and I think that's appropriate uh, to start the soda <laughs> pot off. Yeah, I figured if I'm joining the soda pot, I better get a soda. The unfortunate thing for me was when I dug through my fridge, the only thing I could find was – this land shark lager. So nothing too fancy, but it's hey, easy sir, drinking summer beer. That is acceptable. If we're going to go <laughs> on the lighter side of things, yeah. land shark is my beach beer, man. That's a great beer choice. I was terrified that you were going to pull a Miller light up and I was going to have to just like <laughs> sign off right now. No, no Miller light in this household. I will say the one thing that gets me into trouble with these land sharks though, is that, you know, you start drinking them out on the patio, you're sitting in the sun, all of a sudden, all 12 of them are gone and you got to take a hike down to the liquor store. They're easy drinking and for sure the perfect summertime beach beer. Well, it's telling the state of Hoppy, I got this beer from Port Moody, which is a suburb of, of Vancouver from Yellow Dog Brewing, one of the best craft breweries out here, in my opinion. There's a ton out here in BC as there are a ton out in Toronto now yeah, and course, uh, Ontario as well. Everywhere. Uh, it was a uh, it was a hazy IPA, so smooth, kind of a little you know tropical, you know a little bit sweet that summer vibe to it. Seven point eight percent, you'd never know. So here I am, you know, watching hockey, just plowing these things back. Didn't really look at the label, and I'm like four in, you know. I get up, Ken, you know, just to to, to go to the bathroom, and I'm like stumbling, I'm like what the hell is going mm. on here? Like I'm twenty seven year old, twenty seven years old. I'm not you know in my forties, and I look at the label, I'm like Jesus, like no wonder you know this is hitting me hard. But again, shout out Port Moody Yellow Dog, been pumping their tires this whole podcast. Uh, they're awesome. All right, let's get into hockey talk. You said you just you know you just produced uh, the Overdrive where you guys had Jim Rutherford on. Uh, let's break down this trade. I know the state of Hoppy really wants to get into it. Him being the Pens fan uh, here on the on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> what are your initial thoughts and what did uh, what was kind of Jim Rutherford's reasoning for this trade? Well, it was a great move, I think, from the Maple Leaf side by Kyle Dubas to move out some cap space and get a good return for ultimately what the Maple Leafs believed was going to be a third-line player for them. I mean, he was never, him being Kestaberry Kappen, it was never going to move up the lineup. I mean, when you look at the right side, he had William Nylander and Mitch Marner playing in front of him, so he wasn't really getting that many reps with the big guys. Uh, at the beginning of the season when Hyman was out, the Maple Leafs actually tried him on the opposite wing playing with Matthews and playing with Tavares, and he never really looked comfortable there. I think the Maple Leafs were just finished with this guy as a prospect in a sense that they thought he already has hit his ceiling. Right. He's got a little bit of grit. He's got a good high-end speed. He can really you know, open it up in that sense, but he doesn't have the most finish in the world. I think for Rutherford on his side, 
he's looking at, I heard you guys talking to a little bit earlier with your first guest. He's in the win now mode and he doesn't care what it costs him, what the, whether it's the future of his franchise, what's going on like down the road. It's going to be some other GM's problem probably by that point. He's going to empty everything in the cabinet to give Sid and Malkin a chance to compete for the next two, three, four seasons, however long the both of them are in Pittsburgh, because he understands that the window of having two generational talents like that on the same team at the same time is going to close eventually. And then you're going to have to go to a complete rebuild anyway. So I understand the move from both sides. I do feel though, in this circumstance, it was a great move by Kyle Dubas. And I feel like he might've got the better of the penguins in this deal. Go ahead, Hoppy. I know you're, you're itching at the bit to hop in. I feel like you might have similar sentiments. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it really comes down to, like, I, I 0% am upset with putting all the chips to the middle and going for it for the next, whether it's two years or six. I, who knows how long Crosby's going to keep doing what he does as long as, long as he doesn't as get hit in the head again. Carry the team. <laughs> right. But it. I don't even – let's be real. When the Penguins drafted Kapanen, I wasn't thrilled. When they traded him for Kessel, I was very, very thrilled. But <laughs> getting him back now, I'm not upset about. Like, I think that's an okay move. They gave up too much to do so, in my opinion. I feel like the first or a guy like Hollander should be the like cornerstone for a trade like that. Giving up both and really just getting Kapanen, who – to your point, for Pittsburgh, he might be a third-line guy too, which they kind of need. If, if anything was proven in this you know, postseason as bad as everyone was against Montreal, the third line was non-existent. If you can get a guy like that, that's great. If you can slot him up to play with Crosby and Gensel, he has the speed and the pace to play the type of game that Pittsburgh likes to play. But I just – I don't like what was given up unless you can somehow convince me that Lindgren is better than I'm aware that he is. And it was pretty funny seeing everyone on Twitter just go off and be like, Rutherford knows this isn't Liljegren, right? Yeah, that was, uh, that was the running joke here in Toronto today that, that he got the wrong prospect in return. I, I agree with you that's a big haul for a guy that's going to be – that was a third-line player on Toronto. But Rutherford yesterday, and if you haven't heard the overdrive, you should flip over and take it, give it a quick listen because I thought he was so candid. And there were so many bits that you could take away. They were just like, holy shit, did he just say that like, and broadcast it out to the world? Uh, Kapanen, he said he has full intention on solidifying the top six on that team. Uh, in addition with bringing in Zucker, obviously this season, he feels like he has his top six fixed in now. Uh, he also was pretty coy and said that he thought the last two seasons that nobody on his team showed up for the playoff run outside of Crosby and Malkin. And he suggested that there's almost no way that they're going to be able to keep both their goaltenders, which he kind of joked about. He was saying, you know, everybody knows that we're going to have to trade one of these two guys. And <laughs> from what he was saying, it seems like it's probably going to be Matt Murray, just based off the fact that he's going to be a UFA at the end of next season. He's probably going to be a little bit more expensive than Jari. And you feel like Jari is like going to be a little, like on the long-term deal. He's just going to be much more efficient and they really like him. And they said, he also said they likes to Smith coming in as the backup in that role. So it looks like the writing's on the wall for that guy. But I mean, man, when you get used to like a guy like Lou Lamorello up here in Toronto, who it's like batting down the hatches and there's no chatter like that ever. And then to see this guy just come on the radio show and just be spilling the beans on everything he thought, it was quite refreshing. And that's one of the reasons that we love Rutherford, at least from afar in the way that he runs the Penguins. 
Well, and from a media perspective too, you're just like, thank you. Something, you know, Give as, us the as, you know, you yeah, right. Like you producing and, and, and editing stuff behind the scenes. You must just be loving it, you know? Um, and out here in Vancouver, I'll tell you what, what one thing to comment on that, you know, <laughs> general manager, Jim Benning, that guy, he doesn't have a filter either. I mean, he, back when PK Subban, uh, when people were inquiring about the PK Subban trade, you know, he, he was being fine or he got fined by openly like saying, Oh yeah, like <laughs> we've talked to PK Subban and whatnot, you know, and same with Steven Stamkos. So yeah, I love like, how we're we sniffing have, around those guys. Yeah. So I love how we but, have a general manager here on the know West what? coast who's uh, just as open. Um, so, so that says part, a lot though, Isha too, about the wild, right? Like that oh, 100%. Is, that is guaranteed to a T and guess what? He came from the Rutherford tree. He learned a lot from the Penguins organization. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm just hopeful that he's learned enough that he's not going to make the same blunders like this moving forward for the wild. Which well, again, you know, one other thing that I learned it, but... guys, you know, one other thing I learned to just, again, because I'm on the West coast here, Ken, I was telling everybody uh, on the soda pod that like, I put my Vancouver Canucks fandom on the shelf all season covering the Minnesota wild shit. I only watched two of their games. One of them is when the Rangers beat them seven two. I was all in on the wild and I was passionate about this team. I even bet on the wild to beat the Vancouver Canucks in the series. But now that the, you know, the wild are out, I've just been, you know, goo goo gaga, whatever you want to say over the Vancouver Canucks. So Man. one thing I will say with this next point, what I learned about this trade is that the Vancouver Canucks can surely get a first round pick, even a late one for Jake for And I'm very happy about that as, as a Canucks fan If Kasperi Kapanen can be, uh, can be traded, you know, for first round and some in a deal. I'm pretty sure an 18 year, an 18 goal scorer, surely someone who's going to hit 20 in Vancouver this year can be, uh, can be dealt for something way more than what Canucks fans originally thought he could be dealt for do you think this changes a little bit of the trade atmosphere going into the the offseason if you know again a, a player who's a very good third liner who can play second line minutes but let, let's be honest for what he was traded for do you think that's going to shake up the market a little bit I mean it's tough to say it's such an interesting situation coming into this year with the flat cap that's obviously going to paralyze general managers even more than they were before I also suspect from what I've heard that this is probably not going to affect necessarily the top, top end players as far as their contract negotiations, but who's really going to get slammed are going to be those middle tier and those lower players who are going to get squeezed out of the extra one, the extra 2 million bucks that they might've gotten a deal. I would also suspect that probably because of that, we'll see a lot more short-term deals, like more bridge deals rather than guys coming and looking to hit home, you know, the five, the six, the seven year deal outside of like the obviously very notable free agents, whether it's like Alex Petrangelo, you feel like wherever he signs, he's probably going to be signing for six or seven years, but obviously the landscape is unprecedented. And that's a word that we've heard a lot in the hockey world. To be honest, I probably getting a little bit tired of hearing it, but we just <laughs> don't know what the situation is going to be. Obviously, Kyle Dubas, it was important to him to clear some cap space, knowing that that's a flat cap and knowing how close his team is to the cap. Now he seems to be a little bit more, and I guess let's say a little bit more optimistic about the team's cap situation moving into the next couple seasons, but they've got some big deals coming up. Hyman's coming up at the end of this season. Anderson's up at the end of this season. Morgan Riley is up, not the end of this season, but the following year. And these are all big contracts that you have to plan for. And ultimately unloading a guy like Kapanen, who's on your third line, that's an affordable cap hit to another GM mm -hmm. is a smart move by the Maple Leafs in understanding where the cap is going to be and where the market's going to be moving forward. You know, so I've got a comment and a question then. First, I completely agree with you, Ken, that obviously with the flat cap, that's going to, we're in uncharted waters. 
trade going to dictate what happens in the market? I mean, we've seen pretty crazy shit happen. We've seen Taylor Hall for Adam Larson, and we don't see other GMs following suit. It certainly could sway maybe what GMs think something is worth, but I don't know if that's going to totally pivot the market. But my question for you, Ken, is, you know, with that flat cap and with players having a little bit more trouble with these contracts, are we going to see a little bit more of an NBA dynamic where you get players that aren't going to get the contracts they want? So they say, fine, I'm going to take a dirt cheap contract for one or two years and I'm going to go to a great team and I'm going to win. And then by the time this cap isn't flat, I'm going to bank in. Like, is that something that you see being a possibility? I could see some military players who certainly would have got paid a little bit more going to a contender and taking a little bit less. I mean, they call it on overdrive, taking a little bit of a haircut for wanting to go to a selected market that you're choosing because you have a chance to win there or you have family there or the hometown discount, whatever it is that you want to call it. I could see certain players. Yes. To answer your question, doing that for sure. I mean, especially if it's on a shorter term deal, if you're going to sign like a one year, a two year, a three year deal and sort of wait to see how the market recovers, wait to see how the NHL's economy recovers in itself, see if that cap can start to inflate in a couple of years down the road and then give teams a little bit more flexibility to give you an extended deal. I think in the short term, you might see a lot of players looking out for number one and just trying to make sure that they are on a roster at the beginning of training camp. And if that means that they're going to have to take a little bit of a pay cut to do it, so be it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Crazy times here. And it, I mean, for, for those in the media and us covering teams and just hockey, I guess more so than just the average fan, you know, those hockey nerds, as I like to say, I mean, this is, this is just so much content for them because like you said, there's unprecedented waters, man. We don't really know what's going to happen. And it makes, uh, it makes for a lot of exciting news for, for consumers. Um, Ken, we don't have much more time here on this segment. I know it's late for you out East. And, uh, and I told you, I just wanted to bring you on for a little bit of hockey chatter and to, to also introduce uh, your new podcast, not another Leafs podcast. I, I love what you wrote on the bio, you know, uh, it may not be everyone, favorite podcast um not you know or everyone's favorite team you know and i i myself being from the west coast of vancouver guy take my fair shots at the leafs so when i retweeted i said it may not be my favorite team but it's one of my favorite podcasts uh so excited to have you guys now uh, on the hockey podcast network to speak a little bit about the podcast and what you guys have uh, coming up in the works yeah, we're happy to be a part. Uh, Brendan McCarthy, actually my co-host, was sorry that he wasn't able to make it tonight. He was He'll actually, be on the uh, next one. The- He'll be on the extended one when both of you guys join us for a longer show. That's right. He was working the late night sports center tonight. So he's a little tied up in the newsroom, but yeah, we're super excited to be a part of the hockey podcast network. Uh, something that we've been thinking about for a long time was firing up our own podcast on the Maple Leafs. I've obviously been doing a lot of the Leafs games live after TSN 1050 on TSN 1050. We've been doing our own coverage of the game. So it seemed like a natural transition Uh, and we'll cover just about everything. Like now that the Leafs are out, we've been covering a little bit of every team as well. I know uh, in the last pod, we actually got into of the Canadian teams, which captain would you want leading your team into the future? And BMAC and I both agreed, maybe recency bias, but it was your boy, Isha. Bo Horvat, this Captain guy looks Bo. like a living legend for the Canucks, and what a fun team to watch they've been. I mean, with Pedersen, unreal on both his goals last night. The skill on these guys, and after like to show the tenacity to claw back into the game. I'm getting back into the too much into the Canucks tire here now. Not even it's talking okay, about the it's podcast. okay. Keep like, it rolling. Yeah, yeah, I pump, love I'm it. Pump, <laughs> I'm pumping the tires. I'm pumping the tires. 
Yeah, but we'll be talking about everything. Like the joke that we have on the show is that there's never a dull moment. You can talk about the Leafs any week of the year. It doesn't matter. There's always going to be a storyline going in Toronto. So it's our job to try to bring those storylines to the Hockey Podcast Network and breathe some life into it while at the same time having a little fun and keeping it a little bit more lighthearted. So couldn't be happier to be a member of the team here and look forward to what's going to be a very fruitful partnership moving into the future. Yeah, we're, like I said, we're really excited to have you. And, uh, you know, I love the compliments on Bo. He's a good Ontario boy. So there you go. He's you know, unreal. He may, he may play for the Canucks, but he's, uh, you know, London Knights product, Ontario kid. So uh, that hard that hard work has paid off for, for young Bo. State of Hobby, do you have anything else for, for Ken here before, uh, before we uh, part ways? Honestly, Ken, I just love the podcast name, to be completely honest. It's amazing. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I know this isn't what you were going for, but... It makes me think of uh, a couple weeks ago, my, my neighbor was telling me about this product that he saw online that sold out instantly and he can't get now, but it was called Not a Flamethrower, and it was 100% <laughs> a flamethrower. Like Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah, they just couldn't label it as a flamethrower, but exactly. I'm sure it was a flamethrower. Yeah, that's, and, and that's, that's, that's all bizarre. I think of when I hear your podcast name, so kudos, sir. Yeah, I appreciate it. If any time you're in the same conversation as something that Elon Musk has created, I feel like you're doing something good. And in a market like Toronto, you got to stand out somehow. There's a million Leafs pods out there and nobody wants to hear another one, particularly people in other markets. Yet here we are just con- creating more content and fueling the Maple Leafs fire in the greatest hockey city in the world. Okay, calm down here. <laughs> <laughs> no, again, it was, it, was great. it was great to have you here on the Soda Pod, man. I'm, I'm really excited uh, for both you and Brendan to join us uh, for an extended segment. And uh, I mean, you said it, man. Maybe, maybe the Leafs fans don't need another you know, Leafs podcast, but you got a Canucks fan and a Minnesota Wild fan to listen to yours. So you're doing something right, my man. You do great work with TSN, and it's, it's a privilege to have you on the network, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Have a good night, man. Yeah, thank you, guys. Enjoy your, the rest of your evening. Thank you. Again, uh, that was Ken Stapon of the uh, Not Another Leafs podcast, also producer at TSN, both uh, on the TV side and radio side. And what a, what a great get, not only for the network, but for the, the podcast today, State of Hoppy. No, absolutely. And I mean, it's great to have someone that's plugged in like that. I wish that I had that kind of access to Jim Rutherford, even though, let's be real, the guy's an open book. But that great insight that, again, I'm in the States, so I can't listen to TSN as easily as you guys can. You can download so, the podcast. I keep, te- I keep telling you, you can download the I, podcast of every radio hour on TSN. I'll shoot you the links. I actually just sent right, the send link them. out right now at the Soda Pod for the Rutherford hit that Ken was talking about. So I'll instantly, I'll, I'll, I'll share that and click it right, right when we're done the stream here. Um, I want to quickly run down some of these comments before we get into, uh, we got about 10, 15 minutes left of an NHL segment. We got a ton of comments in that segment. And again, I want to thank uh, Dev and Ken for joining us back to back here on the soda pod. Uh, great stuff. Um, so Shane said, um, I shaved, did the dishes. Now I'm making a smoothie. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Shane. Um, Corey, Corey, Fleetwood, the, Corey Fleetwood, the Bayou Benders, uh, got a good laugh out of that one. Shane says, I wonder why Hyman says when he's stoned. I wonder if he says, hi, man, I'm hi, man, or hi, man. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> This is where you're supposed to save me here on air, State of Hoppy. Not let me give my I have nothing slide. to say to that. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, when we were doing radio, sometimes Dylan Faber and I, um, 
I would, I would, we'd go into a laughing fit. And uh, if I was producing, I was pretty good at, at going to like a commercial, throwing a song on. When, uh, when, when Faber left to do his own thing and producer T came in to be the production, he got the giggles more than any of us. And he would get us going and then not go to fucking commercial or something. And they'd just yeah. be like, just, you just hear us laughing in the studio, which some people I'm sure Shane thought was pretty funny. But for us, we were just like, this is a nightmare, producer T. You got one job, man. Save the show. One job. Um, Corey Fleetwood, uh, by Ben also comments uh murray to the sharks i said to the wild he then uh answered um murray and dubnik tandem or murray and the backup i said buddy it's going to be murray and kakunen and he said that's fire that's fire can't wait for next season's leafs and habs games um and he, and he liked Riyad here Isha. if murray gets traded to the wild i'm going straight to cool hockey oh coolhockey.com uh Slash THPN, THPN promo code for 30. Oh, wait, 40% off for the rest of the month. How are you? I might as well throw a quick word out to manscaped.com too. If you use promo code THPN, you get, uh, well, you get 20% off your order and your balls will surely thank you. Okay, let's get to the final segment of the show. We got some uh, NHL and hockey topics to run through. We'll, uh, we'll do some rapid fire through some of the ones that we were just kind of relaying. Um, cause there's one in particular, which I, uh, I want the state of hoppy in particular to, to run down, uh, segment three NHL talk. Let's get at it. I'm James. And I'm Andy. And we host the Broadway boys podcast on the hockey podcast network. Every Monday, we talk New York Rangers, news from around the league, and all aspects of the hockey lifestyle. It's a power play goal! It's never been a better time to be a Rangers fan, so tune in and join us as we break down games, prospects, rumors, and more as we follow the Blue Shirts on their quest towards the Stanley Cup. Our takes are all our own. And not always legally binding. But you're not going to want to miss all the guests, rants, speculation, and the occasional overreaction. He goes to the net. He scores! He scores! The Rangers win! Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod and catch new episodes every Monday morning on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and more. And this one will last a lifetime! So what are you waiting for? Subscribe, follow, and listen to the Broadway Boys Podcast today. And be sure to check out all the exciting content on the Hockey Podcast Network. Starting with the Logan Couture tweets. And I say plural because he actually, you know, commented on a, on a few things. Now, I don't think this tweet in particular was as controversial as a lot of people made it i get where he was coming from it was just really random coming from the likes of a logan couture who's kind of just been very vocal being an ally to those you know on the in the black lives matter movement but particularly against donald trump i think so when these when this tweet in the morning came out and then the subsequent uh uh comments it was a little surprising to not uh to say the least um what, what are your thoughts right off the bat I mean, we don't know necessarily where he was coming from because I'm sure a lot of his comments thereafter were backpedaling because of the backlash that he received. And I'm sure he didn't get the support that he expected. But well, he, he stayed. Honestly, you know, he, he died on the sword with, with a few, to, to be honest. Um, and I won't read them out. Maybe I'll share a few. Yeah. Um, you know, to, we, to we don't really need to, did. but yeah. 
but yeah, it, the but let's be real. For the majority of the fans, the real fun came from seeing everyone's parodies of what he said. Oh, yours like, included. Yours we got Dan dead. Carcillo. We got a couple of Jesse Marshall ones that I saw. We got even Tony X from St. Louis. We got plenty of comments. Yeah, I don't even have the Jesse Marshall one saved, but I did see it. But man. We got Dan Carcillo. I spent last night in Toronto, Ontario, sucker punching people in the face for their political views. I wish Millbury was still in the city. I had to settle for Logan Couture. We got Tony X. I spent last night in Chicago, Illinois. I talked about eating pizza, and I mentioned Imo's by name. I was sucker punched. Is this really what we are coming to? If you eat Imo's, are you a, you are a villain? Man, this world is so wrong. We had plenty of versions. We even had a Vancouver one, Nisha. Did you see the Vancouver one? No, what, what was that one? I spent last night in Vancouver, BC. I talked about the Canucks, and I said I'm a Leafs fan, but I'm impressed with their team. I was sucker punched. Is this really what we are coming to? If your team is Canada's team, you get attacked? It was pretty good. But oh, so that's so good. I, I could go on for another 20 one minutes. More, but we'll one more, one more. Here's Jesse back. Marshall's. Uh, last I don't night, have that one up. You I got it. it up. I got it up. Last night I was out at a restaurant eating and I said, Mr. Perfect's Perfect Plex was the best finisher of all time. Some Hogan leg drop fan came out of nowhere and sucker punched me uh, with a steel head chair, with a steel chair. That's the state of dis- discourse now. I mention a suplex, I get punched. <laughs> uh, another, another funny tweet that's not like, in the same form of this, but, but related was uh, just someone on Twitter at YOLO underscore pin um, retweeted someone's, you know, some fans tweet that said literally cannot imagine a social issue that would spur hockey players to boycott a game. <laughs> they literally retweeted uh, escrow period. And whether you find that <laughs> funny or not, you know, I, I had a fucking chuckle of that. And if you're a hockey, awesome. if you're a hockey so nerd, you'll appreciate that. you'll appreciate that retweet, okay? Whether your political views <laughs> are right or left, all right? So there's some fun. Uh, yeah, Twitter was a fucking <laughs> crazy place today. Um, oh, I think what comes great. down to it, what I actually commented on Not Another Leafs podcast uh, post about the whole situation was this. Um, actually, you know what? I'll find it. I'll find it. Uh, I'll, I'll get it. Sh- I'll get it up here on Twitter so I can read it verbatim. Um, just give me one sec here, but man, just in light of everything that went down today, I think, yeah, I think, you know, you highlighting the, the fun of it all that everyone had, just like with the Millberry thing, uh, was, uh, was quite funny when yeah. he, uh, you know, mistakenly called the CN tower. I forget what it was. Something else <laughs> called it the space needle. That's what it was. That's what it was. Um, and then, by the way, and everyone, if you want to follow not another Leaf Spod, it's just at Leaf Spod, by the way. Just just saying. Forgot to even say that on the on the hit with, with Ken Stape on. Sorry, what were you saying? I can't remember. It was someone from the athletic, and I feel like it was Russo, but I think he retweeted it and said, What an idiot. That's the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> oh man, that's I so love funny. I love dry sarcasm. No, I, I know you do. I know you do. I, I picked up on that too here. I can't even find my response right now, which is, which is great for a live show. But basically what I said was like the fact that he, he made this public was ridiculous. The fact that, you know, if he actually believes in what, you know, Trump's policy is moving forward, that's ridiculous. And the fact that someone who doesn't know the context of perhaps his conversation 
responding with violence over their brains, that's ridiculous. So the whole situation in my mind was ridiculous. And I don't think any you know, party w- was right. But I think the fact that people don't use their heads and like to yell and use their fists, fists first, both on the right and left side, that, that, that's what bothers me. And this is kind of an example. So that, that's kind of my thoughts on the matter. Um, and, and I know that we kind of land in, in a similar realm um, in regards to our positions there. I made this shit real serious, Isha. I did. You want to even get more serious? How about, <laughs> I can't even keep it straight. How about those fucking Marsha Show Instagram comments? Players are going nuts on social media in the last 24 hours, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man. He since apologized for them, but he was a little salty after the game. Uh, some trolls were messing with him on uh, Instagram, and he was going nuts commenting. Uh, I, I don't even have them in front of me. I won't, I won't re, you know, recite them all, but how crazy is that? I mean, does this guy have a history of being a hothead on social media? I didn't think he did, man. And all that tells me is, like, maybe I'm betting Vancouver in game three. I don't know. Although, I will say, Vancouver fans, they get really down when things go wrong. They get really, really high and aggressive when things go right. And they're poking some of the wrong bears on the internet. They're going at Ryan Reeves, putting him on milk cartons, saying, have you seen this man since game one? Like It's game two, for a, fuck's sakes, Canucks fans. Calm down. That, calm that's down. not a bear you want to fucking poke and wake up, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know. Like, well, we haven't even seen the best of William, William Carlson yet. You know? No, you haven't seen the best of a lot of the players on Riley Bay. Smith. That's why, like, if, I was, if I was a Vancouver fan, I would have been thrilled and excited about that game. I would not be taking massive digs at Vegas. Well, did right you now, not see the second period? Directly. The second period of the game, the Vancouver Canucks looked again like a junior B team playing an NHL team. Like, no, no, pump the brakes. I, I know the large cast likes going nuts with their team too, and they went a little overboard as well. I'm like, calm down, guys. Markstrom won them that game. Overall. They're embracing it though. They're getting the fans going. Well, I, don't I love blame it. them t- at all for what they're doing, but there's plenty of people out there in Vancouver Canucks fandom that are tagging different Vegas players and saying how awful they are. And, Oh, where'd you go this game? Like you don't want to do that. <laughs> no, no, you don't know. But I, I do want to say this, the pride here, even on Vancouver Island for the Canucks team, it's starting to show. I counted, uh, I went to the grocery store today and went for a little bike ride. I counted over 20 cars with Canucks flags, you know, both small and large. Everyone's got their Canucks hat on, got their Canucks shirt on. I know this is Minnesota Wild podcast, and everyone's rolling their eyes like, Isha, shut the fuck up. I get it. Just give me my cup, you know, couple more weeks here. Uh, barring the Canucks actually make it past the Vegas Golden Knights, and it'll be all wild all the time. I mean, Isha, that according to the guy on Twitter, this is a Vancouver Canucks podcast, so I think you need to address that. By the way, go to his fucking profile, and you'll be a little uh, surprised there. This guy, like, branded his whole profile as, like, Kaprizov crazy, Minnesota wild this. Comments, is this a Canucks podcast or wild podcast? Went to, you know, check out his profile. Maybe I was going to give him a follow. Maybe he'd follow me back. Just full of dicks and bukkake. Full of it. And I know, I know there's a, I know that Twitter has a side for that. Did not, you know, I don't know if this guy was a troll and is like, how I made you look, or if it's just, just his thing, whether, whether that floats your boat or not, you know, different, different, uh, what is it? Different strokes for different folks in that sense, quite literally, um, moving right along Claude Julian feeling a lot better and will be back behind the Habs bench next season. Some positive news there. That's good to see. Um, some not so positive news, but kind of random that this actually made the national news. 
the Sedins, both Henrik and Daniel's signed jerseys from the BC Hockey Hall of Fame were stolen. Were stolen yesterday in the state of Hoppy. I mean, what kind of scumbag steals jerseys from the two most respected players in the National Hockey League in the last decade? Blows my mind. Just blows my mind. Um, kind of you heard random. it here first on the Minnesota Wild podcast. Well, as I'm saying, it made national news. Like, I looked up, I'm not going to lie, I looked up, I used the keywords, Minnesota, NHL, Hockey, World News. That was the third article that came up. So, thought I'd just throw that on there. Keep the theme of Isha talking way too much Canucks here on a Minnesota Wild-based and beer-based podcast, which we did give uh, the beer its due. Last but not yep. least, uh, Junior A, B, and the CHL look to begin operations again and play in December. State of Hoppy, have you heard anything about the USHL and other uh, junior leagues in the United States and when they may uh, start things up again? I honestly haven't, and I'll be honest, I haven't really looked, but so this I got to imagine for you. they're going to follow suit at this point. I, you know, Obviously, those leagues are following the NHL. I'm sure these leagues are going to do something similar, assuming that we don't have a huge discrepancy in the COVID situation between Canada and the U.S., which, let's be real, there's a decent chance that that happens. But um, all things equal, I got to imagine they're going to start around the same time. But yeah. that is not confirmed by me at all. <laughs> well, in the States, it may be a little different where they may have to have the you know, statewide hubs. Whereas maybe in Canada, just because how the things are going, they can do a little bit of travel. I'm not sure. We'll give you more details on how the junior leagues will, uh, will roll out soon, especially when we bring on, you know, some uh, CHO coaches and maybe we'll bring on Pete Zaberski again. Um, my former boss, when I worked for a junior B team out here uh, on uh, Vancouver Island, I had him on a, I think around episode 50 or 60. Go check that out again. Um, all right. Yeah, that's everything I got on tap here. Do you have anything else in, you know, before we talk about the big news that dropped today in regards to the Arizona Coyotes, uh, Hoppy? And I'll hand that over to you to present. Well, yeah, first, real quick, I just have to comment. Tampa's up 6-1 on Boston right now, which is very uncharacteristic for this series. So far, it's been pretty tight on both sides. Well, especially and coming off of back-to-back. True, but I, I got to throw a quick shout out to who might be my favorite player to watch right now is Braden Point. Did you see Studs. that goddamn assist on that Kucherov tipping goal? Dude, absolute stud. Oh it's way God. too easy for this guy out there. For someone who apparently just eats power bars for breakfast, goddamn. I've, I love that guy. Still doesn't get his due. And He will, he will. Tuning in right now, he can eat shit. <laughs> I love it. All right. Um, before we close out this podcast here, big news coming out of Arizona. I shared this story months ago when it, when it first came to light of the Arizona Coyotes, um, essentially testing uh, CHL players, um, which, is, which, which you can't do prior to a, a combine and prior to their draft year. Um, we yep. heard that there may be hefty fines for this. Um, well, cash-wise, they also got penalized and PP whacked big time by the NHL, a uh, state of hoppy. Uh, you'll, you'll present the rest of the story and you have a little bit more to speak on it than I do here. No. And I mean, it, it's a huge PP whack. As you said, like seriously, it, usually there is a max fine of, I believe it's 250,000 for the violation for each player. Uh, right. And they, they, 
they did this yeah i'm not quite sure how that goes in but either way gary bettman stepped in and said this is a much more reasonable approach i think this definitely hits them where it matters and it's the right approach i'm sure part of this is in you know due to the fact that the guy who was leading the charge is no longer with the organization but oh interesting um, how that works yeah yeah although people say that's why he left from what i hear he's out of Arizona just because of this incident. Um, Second round selection here in the 2020 draft and the first round pick next year in the 2021 draft. That's a big hit for a team. The important thing though, again, I'm sure this is, due in part to the departure of a Mr. John Chica. Uh, there won't be any individual discipline handed out, although Gary Bettman did note that there were certainly individuals who were very much, we'll just say they, they had their hands in the cookie jar mm-hmm. throughout this process. Um, and whether or not this is appropriate or you know, what the, the right punishment would be in my mind. I, I don't even know. I can't speculate on that, but this is a big deal. Like you can't be bringing in players before their draft. I, I don't think I need to explain to the listeners why that's wrong. No. Yeah, absolutely. And I forget the amount of players it was. I was quickly trying to do some Googling on the fly. I know we talked about this story again, months ago on the soda pod, but it wasn't just like one or two players. Like they were bringing in a flurry of players or or going out and testing a flurry of players. Um, So there were multiple people involved here. And to think that this wasn't going to get to the national hockey league level for them to notice is pretty naive in, in my opinion, especially for someone who like, whether you like him or not, someone who's as smart as John Chica. And I, again, I don't... Very I don't calculated dude, right? Exactly. Cal- calculated to a T. That's such a great word to use because that's his thing. I don't think he left there. I don't think he ditched the Arizona Coyotes because of this, knowing they're like, oh shit, like this is this is my mess. He's created enough of a mess for this franchise before he left. I think he's on to, to bigger and maybe, maybe better things. Um, uh, I think it was actually... Who was I talking to about this? Might have been Dylan. I may be stealing your thunder here, Dylan. So if I am and you're pissed about it, I'll let you come and talk about it further here on the Soda Pod. Suck it, Dylan. But this, we were talking, and it came, it came up in discussion that maybe this guy is being groomed down the road if he takes a league office job as the next Gary Bettman. How? Not after this blunder. Well, it. That's it again, doesn't help. It doesn't help, but I'm saying that this guy, he's not, he's above just being a general manager. It's not where his strength lies. This guy is good at other things. And you, you know, sure. there was an argument to be made that he may be working for the league down the road rather than just a team within the league. But that's, you know, a conversation for another day. My point is he's not leaving because of a mess he made with the team. He's leaving because he wants to better himself. He seems more, I don't want to say selfish, but a more self-interested human being. And fair enough. It's a cutthroat business. I'm not going to sit here and say that like I maybe wouldn't do the same. Do I respect what he did with the Arizona Coyotes? Not at all. Do I respect what he did in this situation? Not at all. You broke the rules and you left a franchise to to suffer because of it. That's not cool. No, completely agreed. But again, at the end of the day, I think something had to be done to set a precedent because if you don't come down hard on this just because Chica left, 
what's to stop other teams from doing it? Like, I'll pay a exactly. fine to try and get away with something like this. Why not? Because for a lot of these owners, and granted, it's not the case for all of them, but depending on the market, two hundred and fifty grand is nothing. No, absolutely. Um, I agree with everything you said there. Uh, I got nothing else here on tap uh, for the soda pod hoppy. Uh, do you got anything else before we close out the show? Dylan, shoot me a message. Remind me that I got to send you that link for the poster that's behind me. Um, also that uh, I got to selfishly give this to Dylan. I almost threw this out there because I was with my brother who is a scumbag Philadelphia Flyers fan. <laughs> Damn that almost collapsed on them. And I was about to send out the gif of Eric Cartman licking Scott Tennerman's tears as he cried. That that's what was about to come out. I know Dylan will appreciate that, but, uh, no, I, I think we covered a lot today. Again, Love the guests that we had on. I'm excited to have them both on for a more extended conversation on oh, yeah. both it's of be so much their fun. positions. But no, man, great night. Tampa's up 6-1, which I'm, people think I'm a Tampa fan because I have a St. Louis jersey in the background of my, my old streaming position. I love Braden Point. I don't give a shit about the Tampa Bay Lightning, but if they win the cup this year, I get a lot of money. So I'm going to be pulling for them moving forward. You can count on it. Attaboy, attaboy. Uh, the Bayou Benders comments one more time on the live stream saying, Dallas or Colorado, who y'all got? Well, Corey, clearly you haven't been listening to the past podcast episodes because we ran it all down already, but we'll answer it one more time here before we close out. I got Colorado. Hoppy has got Dallas. Things aren't looking too good for me right now. I'll tell you that much. You know, and, and Dallas was the other team. So I, I told you already, Isha, but I had the West Finals. Obviously, this is before any of COVID or anything happened. But I thought Vegas-Dallas was a good matchup for the Western Conference Finals leading into the Stanley Cup preseason. A lot of things changed since then, and now it's looking like it could happen again. But from a fan perspective, uh, it's just a shame that we don't get to see a real Colorado versus Dallas series. Give us Eric Johnson. Give us Grubauer. This could be a really fun seven-game series from what we've seen so far from both teams. So I'm you know, selfishly happy that Dallas is poised to take this one, but I, I wish that we were seeing both teams going blow for blow at 100%. It'd be a lot of fun to watch. Canucks in Dallas, baby. Let's go. Western Finals. Uh, thanks to everyone tuning, tuning in on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Folks, the best thing you can do for us this week uh, is to rate and review. Give us five stars on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Any, any of the shows on the network and the Hockey Podcast Network, if you look that up on iTunes as well. Uh, go listen to our website, thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. And on your app with whatever podcast you're listening to, again, from the main network account or any of the individual feeds of the shows you listen to through the network, download the episodes before you listen. You can delete them right after. Uh, it just helps our business. Uh, check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash thehockeypodcastnetwork. That's where you can find all the after-hour shows. You can find me at VI Sports Talk, uh, State of Hoppy at the State of Hoppy, the Soda Pod at the Soda Pod. I just shared that Jim Rutherford uh, hit that was on uh, TSN radio that Ken just produced there. And uh, if you want to find everything and everything here on the network at Hockey Pod Net on all social media, I just want to give one quick last rant before uh before we sign off here hoppy i was telling you before we even started the podcast i just got a pretty much new like used from an office space uh, that closed down a uh, keyboard and mouse the fucking person who sold it to me took out the batteries 
How cheap do you have to be to take out the batteries when you sell something used? It, I, I should have just bought it new. That's my mistake. Facebook market, you guys are cheap. You guys are cheap. Help a brother out next time, okay? Leave the batteries in. What is this? I, I messaged her and I said, why aren't there any batteries? She said, batteries not included. What is this? The fucking 90s? Anyways. Signing off, <laughs> I'm Isha Jeromey alongside the state of Hoppy. You good, Hoppy? I'm good, but I will defend Facebook Marketplace down here in the Twin Cities area. It's a great resource, but uh, in Vancouver, apparently they're crooks. Vancouver Island. This has been the Soda Pod presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Don't fear, just drink some beer and stay wild.